0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast. We're here talking Rutgers football, Rutgers recruiting, everything Rutgers on ScarletNation.com. I'm Bobby Darren here with me. uh, Once again, the one, the only, Sean Brown recruiting guru extraordinaire. Um, I don't know, is that a good intro, Sean? Uh, That's
1: probably as good as it's going to get, you know.
0: That's that's, that's high praise. I'm not going to argue that at all. I appreciate it. All right, well, you know, it's always great talking, uh, any you know, sports with you, anything Rutgers, anything recruiting wise. Um, today we got a lot to talk about busy time and recruiting busy time for Rutgers football. Um, just nabbed a commitment, Sean. Um. Tommy Aminqua of Hillsboro, a defensive back could probably play safety or corner. Um, It remains to be seen which one at the next level kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, Not out of nowhere. I shouldn't say that, that, you know, the staff was keeping tabs on him, keeping an eye on for a while. And he, he, he did well this, this summer when he when he uh, performed in front of the coaches and and, um you know, this season he's been playing well. um uh, Did the commitment surprise you? What are your thoughts on on how it all transpired? It, it was rather quickly. He was offered on Saturday, committed later that day.
1: You know, not necessarily. You know, like you mentioned, he's a guy that. Uh, Rutgers has always kept an eye on. You know, Hillsboro is is you know very close to to Piscataway, New Brunswick, right there in Somerset County. A uh, Pretty quick trip. Um, you know, he's a guy that even before I remember, I remember talking to Tommy last spring uh, before Ross Douglas left. Uh, at that point, that was his his main contact in the program. You know, he he was speaking to Ross pretty frequently. Then I think a lot of schools just wait and see. Um, you know, Rutgers, like every school, had the luxury of the dead period ending being able to host uh prospects on campus for for camps and personal workouts and they were able to get get tommy on campus to to work him out and, and got a good look at him and you know there were some questions that that had to be answered he you know i think he only ran like 11, 11. 4 in the 100 meters in the spring so there were some questions and you know he, he i think he had about 10 offers um, at the time of the commitment he had a lot going on in the spring you know syracuse was involved pittsburgh they had offered uh, some other uh group of five schools as well but every school looks at those numbers they they see that and I think there was some schools that maybe said ah, you know what we're we're not going to move on them you know we, we don't like that time uh but but Rutgers State were able to get him on campus they were able to have him uh, run and work out in front of the staff and you know he ran much better than I think a lot of people anticipated uh, on the clock for them and you know we we constantly talk about uh you know Greg Sciano, Eric Josephs, and those guys. They're really uh specific in, in the type of player they want, the the type of speed they want, the type of length they want. So, you know, he he checked he checked those boxes for them, uh, when he worked out for the staff and then they were able to to wait, see some some early senior film and He's been tearing it up for Hillsborough uh, on both sides of the football. He's even playing a, a lot more running back this year. And, you know, you know, in the history of, of the way Shion's recruited, he, he likes having those athletes that obviously are, are defensive guys, but show some ball skills on the defensive side on the offensive side of the football. So you see that in, in Tommy's film for sure. So he, he checked a lot of boxes and they, they really, they really couldn't wait to move on him, um, and they, they made the move. They had offered him, and, you know, it was kind of perfect timing for us. Uh, I got Joe getting down to see him on Friday night, and um, things moved so quickly we weren't able to publish the article. But he had, he had told Joe that night that if he gets the Rutgers offer, he's going to commit. And sure enough, the next day the offer came. The commitment came not that long after that.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it really went down quickly, and uh, you know, it, it's another example of you know recruiting playing out. You know, a lot of people ask, "What's this class going to look like?" and and how are they going to fill it? And there, there's always that guy or two that emerges a- a- in the fall. And you have to remember these these are just kids are still growing. You know, some of them really don't develop until later. Uh, and you know, if you load up on all your your guys early, you might miss out on this guy, and and, and you know, he could turn into to be a great player, and and it's just an example of doing your due diligence and waiting. Um, you know, do, do you see many more commitments? It seems like this is really tight now. They have that, you know, that new uh, proposal coming out with with the extending the scholarships and the transfer portal thing uh, didn't pass yet. But uh, just for the one year to compensate for the free year of eligibility. I mean, trying to figure out these numbers, I don't know how the coaches do it. It makes my brain hurt just talking about it.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, definitely, the things are getting tight uh, for sure in this recruiting class, and you know, you you really haven't seen too many new offers. Even with Tommy, it it, it made sense because there were some guys they had targeted uh, early on. You know, you you think about Jaden Bellamy going to North Carolina, I mean, going to Notre Dame. Uh, Cam Miller was a Florida guy they were on heavily who ended up uh, coming to Penn State. So there were some guys that were ahead of uh, Tommy on the board that that Rutgers missed on, uh, but they, you know, they kept tabs on him uh, and it, it worked down in his favor and they need, they need some defensive backs. As you see, they got a lot of guys graduating. Um, they have a few in this class? They brought in a few in that last class, uh, but they there was still needed the position uh, and it makes sense for someone that they can at least try. They think that there's a potential he could play corner. So they would work him out there initially and they see what happens. But after that, you know, spots are definitely tight in this class you know there there's the talk of you know if if one of the top of the board types of uh, you know it's not looking like Andre Rory and I think he he was scheduled to make a commitment tonight or tomorrow you know he's mm-hmm. a guy that if he called Rutgers tonight and said hey you know what uh, I want to come there they they may have to reconsider some things uh, but it, as of now, it seemed like the offensive line uh, class is full. Uh, you know, Amari Evans is a Evans guy we've been talking about uh, for months who just officially visited to Penn State. He's a, a top offensive target for them. Um, and who knows, do they try to fill, um, you know, the the slot now that Jojo uh, Bermudez is gone from the class? Do they try to bring a, an additional wide receiver? Um, you know, there, there's been talk of, of possibly another defensive lineman. They worked out a lot of guys this summer. uh At that position. They didn't really push for too many um, over the course of the past few months. So that's something I think they're observing some players. So if if another defensive lineman pops up uh, in in the next month or so, or or even before December Sunday, I wouldn't be shocked to see them make a move uh, to bring Mm -hmm. another body up there as well.
0: And, you know, you look at the offensive line now, uh, they have a lot of players on the, on in, at the position on the Rutgers roster, but it's, you know, it's not been largely effective through the early going. And I think you'll see that exposed throughout the Big Ten schedule. It just shows how much of a need is there. But I think what fans have to remember is, you know, it takes a while to develop some of these players, particularly on the offensive line. I mean, uh, you know, going back, Sean, I don't know too many offensive linemen that came in and, and tore it up as true freshmen. The only ones i can remember starting at rutgers since i covered the team was art forced um anthony davis and caleb johnson i forgive me if i if i missed a later one but um you know oh brian felter last year too but um you know when, when you're talking about guys like ad it's a different story but i mean how long do you think before some of those guys can really start to make a difference
1: you know, it's, it's gotta be sooner rather than later. Right. You know, someone had posted on the board, I think it was uh, uh, a, Scar- a Scarlet Thorpe. i um, sorry, I forgot your name wrong, but um, he had listed all the, the scholarship offensive linemen and um, there's a include, lot. Yeah. When you include Holland Pierce, who will be a guy that events up on scholarship sooner rather than later uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's 23 current offensive linemen in the program, but it, you know, it's just natural attrition and, 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 you know, Koshiana has mentioned it time and time again, you you talked about them having to cut down to 85 Mm -hmm. there. There's going to be some hard conversations um, at a lot of positions, but you know, offensive line makes sense. And they've, you know, since he's come into the program again, but a number of guys that they've signed uh, who have flipped over, you know, Kamal Missouri, Troy Rainey, uh, two of the more recent ones, um, and you know, Brandon Bordner, uh was another one that was an older player that that switched over there. You know, so mm-hmm. there's more and more competition there uh, on the offensive line. Some some older guys that are, you know, on the on the verge of graduating, uh, and, and like you mentioned, it'll be interesting to see because when you look at the the entire roster, it's a lot of uh, linemen with you know freshman and sophomore eligibility that are you know make up the bulk of the roster and that's not including the guys that will be coming in in this current
0: class Right. And, you know, like I said, offensive line, you're going in as a 17, 18 year old going up against 22 year old guys. And, you know, they're just physically more developed. Um, But, you know, Jasir Peterson already committed in the 2023 class. Do you see a lot of uh, of offensive linemen once again? I mean, you know, they're on Eric King, on Chase Besantis. Uh, I mean, this could be another class with four, you know, or so offensive linemen commits. I mean, is that safe to say? Yeah, possibly,
1: you know, they, they haven't issued a, a lot of offers at the position in this class yet. You know, they, they worked a lot of guys on the summer, you know, they're keeping tabs on quite a few guys. I don't, I don't, th- I don't know if the class will be as big uh, as we're seeing with this class of 2022 uh, offensive linemen. It, it still remains to be seen, but yeah, it, you know, obviously they, they got Pierce in the folds uh, doing really well, with Eric King, you know, they're, they're definitely in the mix for Byzantus. Um, and, you know, so I, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know they brought in another four guys at the position
0: mm-hmm. yeah and and it's funny you say that you know there's 23 uh you know or so now you'll see a lot of them gone if you have six next year and four coming in i mean you're going to see a really fast turnover maybe add a guy from the portal or two um yeah. they added added one last year and david nagugu who played i believe five snaps I, I i don't know what he got in at delaware but um you know he had five snaps against temple uh, did not play against Syracuse. Uh, forgive me if, if, if I'm missing some at the end of the Delaware game, I was writing a bunch of stuff during, <laughs> during the last few minutes, you know, I was scrambling to get it together. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it really hasn't been beneficial. Why do you think, you know, that, that it's so hard to get offensive linemen in that portal? I mean, Rutgers just hasn't been able to, to fill that need, uh, through that route.
1: You know, um, you know, when you're, when you're talking about the guys that are that are at the top um, at that position, you know, it, every school needs linemen, um, even even the tops, even the Alabamas, even the Clemsons, the, the Ohio States of the world. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you see Ohio State getting Jonah Jackson a couple of years ago uh, and, and how well they recruit. Right. So when when a, a very good offensive lineman comes into the portal, there, there's going to be a lot of competition for, for said player. So it's, you know, and, and, and Rutgers is, is picky. They're, they're not going to take every guy. You, you, obviously you see it on our message board. Anytime uh, a, a player with O-line goes into the portal, uh, especially if they're, they happen to be from the East coast or they play from the East coast school. We're getting a ton of questions uh, from our, uh, you know, our loyal members on the round table uh, about this guy. They're going to move in this guy. Are they going to move in that guy? But um, you know, Ruckers is going to be picky. They're not just going to offer every offensive lineman that that goes to the portal. And, you know, we, that was a position we were watching in the portal up until um, the deadline uh July 1st started uh, that they would have loved to have brought in an experienced offensive lineman if, if someone popped up that they liked, but it, it didn't happen. So I, I definitely could see them, you know, dipping in the portal again for sure.
0: And they were trying to move on that. I remember speaking to him last year and he liked Rutgers, but wound up staying out West. It was uh, the kid from Utah state. Uh, Forgive me. His name escapes me, but, um, you know, they tried to move on him quickly, but you know, the geography of that one's just tough when you got schools closer to home out there and and going to the East coast from somebody out there in, in the Utah area, it's like going to another world, you know, um, you know, people have to remember the geographic, uh, hurdles that Rutgers might have to go through when it comes to to you know the the transfer portal and um you know and it's not always a quick fix because somebody's leaving a school for a reason right I mean right. there are the Jonah Jacksons of the world who pan out but the, for every Jonah Jackson there's probably a lot dozens of others you know who who aren't aren't fit aren't fitting the bill it it, it uh whatever school they're at and they're, they're looking for a new opportunity change of scenery doesn't necessarily mean it's going to jump start their their college career so I, I think it's important to remember that and 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 you know the portals just exploded do you see it continuing that way i mean coaches have to be very cognizant of how they handle certain players now more so than in the past because a guy could just jump into the portal yeah
1: you know i think it's it's tough for college coaches right because it before it was you know just the evolution for the coaches that have been doing this for a while before it was you know hey you you get guys you get them signed in february they're in your program um you go from there uh and then now it's you know guys are committed but you still have to recruit them hard even though they're verbally committed to you until they sign and now it's you know, dealing with the recruits, making sure you get them signed, and then when they're in your program, you know, you maybe you can't be as hard on them because, you know, now it's it's not of a hey if a kid wants to transfer, he has to come to you and you're able to talk him out of it. He's allowed to go, you know, under his own will and sign papers and enter the portal, and your staff can't do anything. I mean, you can obviously discuss it with him thereafter, but you you mm-hmm. can prevent the prospects from entering the portal. So that's, that's another um, slippery slope that college coaches have to deal with. So you're, you're, you know, I'm sure they're, they're tiptoeing around things in the past that they may not have before, you know, for certain players,
0: especially that they can't afford to lose um, from their roster. You know, and uh, speaking of the portal in Rutgers, Greg Sciano went to it the first year and had some success, you know, guys, but guys like uh, Payton Powell and and um the the lineman, how come the lineman's escaping me? Everybody's names escaping me tonight, Sean. The they one from Ohio State. Um oh um, uh, Barrow. Barrow Malik, Malik Barrow. Barrow. He you know he didn't pan out. Peyton Powell didn't pan out. I mean, so you have some guys that's that's really not you know that, that they are not going to make it this year. You look at they have five transfers. You have Josh Youngblood. You have Patrice Renee Christian Broswell, Ifanyi Meja, and um. Who's who's the fit and Nugugu who we mentioned? Nobody's really made a difference this year. You know, Major's starting to, you know, be in the mix there and in, in, in that rotation at the D tackle spot. But you know, Renee's been well, well,
1: Brandon Sanders is the guy.
0: Brandon you know, Sanders, surprisingly,
1: of the the you know the the Bucknell um, mm-hmm. preferred walk on. It was it thus far has made the greatest impact of, of the guys you mentioned. So yeah it's, yeah, it's really
0: really interesting how it works out. You know. And and you know he's he was a guy that didn't come on scholarship. I'm I'm sure with his academic, you know he's he's probably got you know scholarships in, in academics and, and whatnot. So but but he wasn't you know one of the, the big transfer portal guys per se. But he, he's really been impressive. I mean in in camp, you know I was like wait a minute who's number twelve? You know because yeah at the beginning of camp you know he was it was a new face and just consistently made plays. You know he's not a guy that's that's gonna run a four four. But man he he really does everything well catches the ball has big hands um just just a really nice addition but you look at the other guys i mean you know the injuries you can't really do anything about with renee and broswell but you know it, it hasn't really netted results this year so i mean you go from nine the first year to five this year i mean not counting brandon sanders i mean could that number dwindle even smaller you know
1: it it, it might just be you know depends on how many spots and you know if uh Obviously, we, we talk about some of the earlier classes. the The goal was to try to just uh, infuse the program with as much talent as possible, uh, by any means necessary. Um, and you mentioned that first class, you know, returns are are what they are. Um, you look at this current uh, crop. I mean. You know, Renee, it, it's, it still remains to be seen, you know, he, he should see the field at some point this year from my understanding and he'll have a chance to make an impact, you know, Braswell, who knows? Um, cause I know his goal from what I heard was really to play a year and then, enter the draft. So does he come back next year uh, or mm-hmm. does he get healthy? And then, you know, try to try to pursue the NFL dream. Uh, and then you mentioned, uh, at this point, it's just really two of the of the six, um, and even with Sanders, it's interesting because you you usually don't hear a lot of buzz about preferred walk on transfers at, at many places. But you know, as we heard about the commitment, um, you know, I, I had family that, that played at Bucknell that that knew Brandon, and you know, just from our respective networks, you you were hearing buzz about him, like, hey, he's a guy to watch. He's a guy to watch, and so you, you want to write it off, but you're like, really, he's a guy to watch. But you, mm-hmm. you find out more about him, it, it makes sense with how he's produced, and especially with. Have experienced the receiving core is up top, um, you know his way to come in and, and make an immediate impact. Uh,
0: you know, stepping up a
1: level, uh, it's impressive thus far the way he's been able to work.
0: And our man Brian Doan wrote the commitment article, which you don't see him doing preferred walk on commitment articles. So, um, you know, when, when you see that, you wow, man, maybe this guy's going to be something.
1: No, most definitely, you know, he's, you know, productive, he, you know, I, I watched a lot of Bucknell. I, I, like I said, I had family that played, So I I came to really appreciate the Patriot league football because during that time um, when my cousin was Bucknell, they had uh, offensive lineman, Julian Davenport, who was a third round pick of, of the Texans and still, you know, starting left tackle in the NFL. Then another D lineman who, um, south jersey kid absigami who who has found a home in nfl and had chase Edmonds, uh who's playing i think he's still with the cardinals at running back you know so mm-hmm. you know so th- there's talent it's it's not in the same abundance as you you see in, in the big 10 but there's definitely some guys that can play down there there's definitely some jewels and you know even the absigami kid i'm sorry maybe his name uh, abdul story he's a guy that came out for football i think only his senior year and had mm-hmm. the size and it just worked out that Joe Susan know the knew the coach Scuderi from their Rutgers tie, Said, "Hey, you got to take a move on him." And Joe mm-hmm. Susan was was gifted a, a stud that has turned to an NFL guy. So it's you know, there, there are some guys in the Patriot League, and, and that's the whole thing with the transfer portal. You you hear a lot of schools now. They're they're openly. Hiring and having roles uh, of guys that are designed just to watch college games to, to, you know, be in tune with the players that could be available. And although Rutgers doesn't have anything specifically listed with how many staffers they have, you know, they got to have guys that are, that are watching everything and seeing some available players that enter the portal, guys that they want to move on.
0: You know, when, uh, Scuderi, Dennis Scuderi was coaching at Abzugami, I was there when Craig Sciano visited with a helicopter. To oh, visit yes. Yes. Ben, Ben Martin. Um, Praise so the was speed, there, yes. yeah, it, this is, I mean, you're going back. What was he? 09 10 yeah, no, yeah. no. He was, uh, Savon might've been that year, 11 or whatever. Anyway, this is going back, you know, over a decade and, um, the, the helicopter landed. I filmed it. I mean, it's impressive to see in person when you watch it on video. It's, it's, it's a helicopter landing. So it's, it's really not, you know, is, is impressive on, on video, but was down there for that. And, uh, you know, Seattle was doing the, the little rounds on, on the, on the helicopter through recruiting, but, um, they, you know, it's, uh, sorry, that was just a little side anecdote, but, uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, you know, some of these, like you said, some 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 diamonds in the rough, and they're coming from uh, the the one AA level in, in in that division over there. But um, you know, what do you foresee the rest of this class looking like? I mean, you have Amari Evans. Could there be another Tommy Aminqua pop up? Uh, could there be a late? You know, Greg Shiano's notorious for having official visitors come on campus late. A guy like you know that just kind of pops up late on the recruiting radar, and all of a sudden he's on campus, and you know, it, it was it was always a big thing with the florida guys back when he was here the first time i mean could, could you see that happening again yeah definitely you know they were there you know the cool thing about camp season for us um
1: is that like the college camp season anyway, is that you see some new names pop up um i mean we we do our best to you know be aware of every prospect that's around that's evolved you know with Rutgers or the team sites and the national guys but you know there's some guys that come about that you know you may not be aware of and like hey this kid puts up phenomenal tape. He 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 ran extremely fast at, at the school, and you know they're keeping tabs on him. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they somehow some some way moved on a local guy that they had in the camps. And you know, I, I don't know if they did it on purpose. That you know, trying to do the camps this summer, everything was so spaced out. The linemen went into Mural Field, the skill guys on another. So I, I know I was trying to cover and see everything, but sometimes I spent so much time at the linemen, I couldn't focus on skill guys as much. So. I don't know if they had, they tried to wear me down. So I couldn't accumulate <laughs> information and see everyone. Uh, but, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if there's some guys that they had work out uh, that, you know, pop out of nowhere. You know, we, you know, we try to see everyone that visits, you know, for the game visits and keep tabs of, of names, but there, there may be a guy that, that they really love that isn't known, you know, um, that puts some amazing numbers that fits the criteria that they move on at some of the available positions.
0: Right. right, And, uh, yeah, it was a jam packed camp season because they only had one month to do it in June. So, uh, you know, those coaches were really earning their money there. You know, I'd hate to see what the hourly rate was, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah. So Sean, I mean, we we covered a lot of ground. Any other closing thoughts you'd like to add on recruiting Rutgers or, or all of the above?
1: Well, I want to ask you, you know, I'm going to turn the table. So I'm, I'm I'm always answering when I'm on, but I'm going to ask you, Bobby, obviously, you know, you're, you're a guy, you're a guru, you're, you're a beat writer, you're an expert covering the team, you know, uh, you know, basically through that the first three games, the first quarter of the season, the the goal was you know achieved. I would say for Rutgers to come out three and zero mm-hmm. and to to look dominant in the two games they were supposed to look dominant, um, and and to get over the hump in a tough one against Syracuse. So from you know watching these first three games, what what would you say are your your main takeaways as Rutgers starts to enter Big Ten play this weekend?
0: You know, it's kind of what I thought from the beginning of the year. Um, You know, the offensive line, you knew was going to be a question. You had guys coming back, but those guys weren't prolific last year. So it's not reasonable to expect some of these guys in the fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth year, whatever – to all of a sudden be all Big Ten players And we know that Noah Vedrill's played better than I thought he was he, He's done really well I mean, you know, he, he's managed the game He's smart, he gets the guys in position um, He's made smart throws He's made good throws when he's had time um, Now, how much time Is he going to have moving forward? I don't know um, But you know what I, I, I thought about these Greg teams They play disciplined, tough football uh, Particularly on defense I mean, it, they're, that's going to keep you in some games um he has these guys you know with a different mindset than what we've seen since his first time around really and i I believe that this team is gonna you know it's gonna stay in some games just on that sheer toughness sheer discipline um you know he uses the chop mantra and and that's what they really do i mean not to, to to keep repeating it but you know these guys are very focused um you know and i just i, I it was what i expected I, and and they did a little bit better than than i anticipated because i really was, was skeptical about the offensive line now when we get into big 10 play you're going to see you know just how you know you know just how vulnerable it is but you have some games in there that you can win you can win um maryland you could win illinois you could win northwestern you could win indiana they they look like they're not the same team from last year so um you know it's going to be tough against these other teams but Um, you know, this is what you get with, with your Shiano teams. I think they're very blue collar, uh, very workmanlike, um, you know, I think he's going to do some good things defensively. If they can stay healthy, they, they could squeeze out a few more wins. And, uh, you know, Syracuse game was ugly first half, but they won, you know, I mean, it might not be the prettiest, but it was effective. It goes down as a win. You don't get any extra, uh, victories for style points. A win is a win is a win period. Um, and he says often it's tough to win in college football. It's funny. You see, Greg, after the, uh, the games and he's wiped, you know what I mean? It's even tough on him coaching and you could just tell the difference in his energy. You know, he just leaves after we speak to him and goes home and he's just kind of completely drained. Um, you know, so it's been a, it's been a, you know, successful start to the season and Michigan's better this year. I don't know what we're going to get on, on, um, Saturday, but I think the team's going to go out and play tough. Um, you know, if they can get some turnovers, some special teams plays, who knows, they can stick around. But, um, this is a team that I think fans could be proud of because they're going to play above their level of potential. Now, recruiting is going to take care of those bigger gaps, you know, but, you know, you only have a certain talent level. And and I don't care how much you practice or how great your schemes are. You know, a guy with a certain talent level just can't compete against with these NFL type guys in college. You know what I mean? These guys are going to go on and be first, second round picks. But, um, you know, it's been impressive so far.
1: Yeah, you know, um, you know, not to to tiptoe around the, the bad news, unfortunately, because life is life. But, uh, you know, we found out earlier today with with Max Melton and Chris Long uh, with the the incident with the, the paintball gun. And, you know, Max was a guy who was really coming on this fall, um, you know, leading the team in a lot of categories. And, you know, obviously the great story between him and his older brother, Bo, as, as Bo gets ready to graduate and go on to the NFL. You know, h- how do you see the team? You know, and there is a lot of uh, senior leadership, a lot of super seniors. How do you see the them you know handling the the news and, and going forward as they as they had this big game with michigan this weekend
0: i i think they'll you know they'll they'll take it in stride and and look max was was one of the i i did an article last week on the best you know first quarter awards and at best defensive player i had fatu kasi and second was max melton um He's, he's a good player, but you know, they're, they're going to next man up kind of mentality. And, and it's unfortunate because Max was on such a high trajectory. I asked Greg about Max at his press conference and he was glowing about him. One day later, the kids suspended and arrested. I had dumb move kids, you know, making dumb decisions. And these kids have to be aware that they're not normal kids. That Everything they do is magnified and intensified and you have to be smart with every decision they make. And, you know, Maxis was on a path looking like he was going to be a future NFL draft pick. I mean, it could still happen, but I, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend I'm an expert with the legal ramifications are in these situations. So, um, you know, it's a wait and see, but I think the team will be fine. They'll, they'll, they'll go through it and, and it'd be a next man up kind of mentality. And, and, you know, it, they might be able to get away with playing, you know, a four three this week with, with one less cornerback because Michigan, you know, has been running the ball a lot. So Greg's good at scheming and, and, and moving guys around. You mentioned earlier in recruiting, having those guys to that, uh, you know, can play multiple positions. And, and Greg is, is, is very good at, at you know, I'm not saying he's going to change a position guy, but he's very good at moving pieces around. So, um, you know, I, I still expect them to come out the same way. And I, I don't expect this to be a huge step back for them. I mean, yeah. from the position standpoint, Max was a, was a good player, but as far as overall team morale, I, I don't expect them to come out flat because the, the, the incident with these two kids,
1: um, you know, Next question is is there someone you would say is, is your your biggest surprise? I guess outside of Brandon Sanders will say uh, biggest surprise if, if you have one on both sides of the ball, um, do you have a uh, one for each side?
0: You know, I was surprised Max played so well. I thought he did well last year, but he made a huge jump. And when I was watching him in training camp, he was locking Bo Melton down on a lot of plays. Like, And, and you know, Bo is quick, and, and he's he's gotten even a little shiftier. And those two were battling. So um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him there because when, I, when he came in uh, as a recruit – I didn't think he was going to be as good as he was. You know, that's one of those uh, that I didn't, you know, my evaluation wasn't spot on on him. So um, he really impressed me Uh, offensively. I have to go with Brandon Sanders and, and, um, you know, we talked about him, but Kyle Mononga is another guy who came on. But I I don't know if I was surprised by it because I was a big Mononga guy. Uh, I liked his brother when he was, uh, playing at Seton hall prep, you know, everybody overlooked him, went to Villanova, had a stellar career, had a cup of coffee with the Eagles, um, and i think you know um kyle's of the same mold uh those the, he he really kind of showed me uh, a lot um other than that you know i i can't say that offensively i've been wowed by anybody else you know there's some guys who made some decent plays but it wasn't you know like a, a wow moment uh tyreen powell is a guy on defense that that's coming on he's gonna be i think he's gonna be a very good player um you know he has that size and length and athleticism and and um you know i wouldn't be surprised to see him get more playing time as this year goes on i think he's a future starter and you know the future could come sooner rather than later
1: Yeah, he's you know, he's a guy that I, I remember seeing him at, at Vineland. I think um, Ash had him up for camp going into his junior year, and they moved him receiver. They wanted to come back up. They didn't offer um, for whatever reason, but you you saw some of the film and saw how versatile he was at, at that size and how well he moved. Uh, and you know he, they had him playing free safety, Coach uh, Coach Russo, and uh, you know he was coming downhill, just destroying kids. And like, wow, this this kid is, is special. You know, he, he's really interesting. That was a great get for Rutgers. Once um, Chiano and and, and, um, and Fran Brown, you know, came out to the staff and, you know, Kyle, like you said, we, we knew Kevin, we covered Kevin. That was, that was always, you know, interesting because it was uh Rutgers waiting to see what Savan Huggins was going to do, and they, mm-hmm. they kept they kept in touch with Kevin. And obviously, you know, um, Savan ended up coming, and, and Kevin went and had a great career at Villanova. And, and even with Kyle, um, I remember talking to Kyle's mom at one of uh, Robert Oben's showcases. That was when he was in the process of transferring from Seton Hall Prep to Don Bosco, and she's like, she was stressed, like, "Yeah, you know what? What can we do to you know to get him to that next level?" And I just remember saying, "You know, the only the only flaw I really saw, I mean." He can't do anything about his height. Uh, you know, I, I thought, you know, if, if they could just improve his speed, because that was one thing I didn't think he was able to pull away from kids at the open field at that point in time. Um, but you know, he worked on that and also receiving. Uh, he, he became a great receiver as well at Don Bosco. And and then talking to Mike Teal, he was flabbergasted why more schools didn't move on him. I think uh-huh. before Rutgers, it was just Cal. That was the only uh, right. F- FBS offer he had, you know, but it, it's worked out well for him. He's a great kid. I'm excited to see him have some success, and you know now he's he's become the guy There's a lot of discussions on you know Pacheco or, or Manunga, who, who's the guy in the backfield, you know. So he's mm-hmm. he's made it interesting. He's jumped two other guys in the process that were ahead of him on the depth chart coming into the season. So it's it's impressive to see.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I've heard about him. He's a tremendous worker, um, is a guy who's just relentless, uh, you know, going after it, getting after it, you know, doing all the necessary things, just someone coaches really enjoy having in their program. So I I still think Pacheco will be the number one, but like you said, it looks like, you know, last game he was in there, the first guy in Aaron Young came in and had some nice touches, but, um, you know, Mononga might be a guy going forward to keep an eye on
1: yeah, you know the last point on that, uh, Bobby. You met. We talked about you know guys and Rutgers having the guys they recruit. You know, it's it's a little known fact that um, Kyle was one of the one of Shiano's first visits when he he got the job. You know, mm-hmm. there was a lot of focus on um, Jalen Berger, his teammate Don Bosco, but. They, they saw Kyle. He's one of the first guys they saw um, that they wanted to move on. Um, so, the, you know, he, he loved them off the bat. You know, they, they didn't look at the rankings. You know, he trusted his eyes and, you know, what they knew about him. And it's, it's paid off for them quickly um, having him in the program.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely So we'll look forward to seeing him And, you know, we'll look forward to seeing all you on the message board You can come join us and and, and engage in discussion with myself or Sean On the roundtable on scarletnation.com If you're not a member, become a member It's the place to be Uh, You get all access to every team site on the 24-7 Sports Network Uh, Myself, Sean Brown, Brian Doan, uh, John Otterstedt um, You know, we'd love to have you And if you made it this long through the podcast God bless you (laughs) (laughs) Sean, as always, it's been a pleasure. Likewise, Bobby. Let's do it again soon. We will. And uh, thank you for listening. And we'll see you again on the next edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast.